Welcome to Church Media HQ. My name is Luke Clayton, and I want to thank you for joining us for today's episode. Now, before we get started, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. We're available on just about every podcast platform, as well as on YouTube and on Facebook. And if you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, remember to like this video because that helps it get seen by more church leaders like you. Now, today's guest is Jason Stroll. Jason is the founder of Butter. Butter is a video company that helps churches and other organizations with their video needs, specifically in the area of motion graphics and animation. I had a really insightful conversation with Jason. He's got a lot of experience in the field of media. Be sure to connect with him at his website, that's butterygoodness.co, butterygoodness.co, or you can check the show notes to see his website and other ways to connect with him. Well, let's get to our conversation with Jason Stroll. It's an interesting question. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, working in a church, I guess, I guess the reason why it's hard for, I'm trying to give it like an accurate answer to this. The reason why I guess it's a little bit harder for me is everything I've worked. Yeah. Everything I've worked for is, is with all the work I typically do is for churches. And so I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't really have any comparison to relate it to. So everything I've, I've kind of, I've not really worked much outside the church world. And if I, you know, uh, have some work outside, typically it's with Christians and within the Christian mindset within their business. So it's like, I guess I don't have much experience outside of there, but like I take, uh, you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy, you know, the, the unity within, within the organization. I think working at a, at a church and working with Christians, I think you do benefit a lot from within the, just the morality within the, the, the culture of the church. I think just within the business, like I feel like everyone, most of the times, my experience, I've, this is just my experience, has their, your best interest in mind. And they're not necessarily, necessarily, um, you know, kind of, I've heard negative stories, like on the other side of things, you know, not in, you know, church world or business. It's more so people are just trying to climb the ladder or uh, maybe trying to take advantage of people. Um, It just within maybe bad business practices, you know, financially, a lot of, you know, basically morality isn't as much on a high there uh, in like a, you know, a typical environment. And I'm not saying, you know, if you're not a Christian, you know, you're a bad person, but like, you know, or you don't have any morals or something like that, but you typically see morals more high. So working, in, in a unified environment where your boss isn't like yelling at you all the time. I don't know. I, again, this is my experience. I've had gracious people I've worked with and, you know, Jeremy Lofgren's amazing boss. He, you know, was always patient and always developed you as a person, not just, not just for work, but, you know, off the clock, he developed you as a person and cared about you. Um, I just think it was, you know, I had a good team, a, a real team. Um, they're real people with good hearts and, you know, hard workers. And, and, and I learned a lot from them, not just even about work, but just about, just life in general, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just responding, uh, how, how, how to, how to lead, um, how to, you know, respond with criticism in a positive way. Um, I, I think overall, like, I think the most positive thing is kind of a hard question, I guess, for me to answer, but the most positive thing is I think, honestly, a lot of the, what they just taught me, I learned a lot. I feel like I'm trying, I'm always trying to pay attention to people and try to learn from them. So I don't like make the mistakes later in life. I'm trying to like borrow from their mistakes. So I don't have to make as many, although I'm going to make plenty, I'm sure. But like, I honestly just liked watching Jeremy Lofgren. I learned a lot from him um, just as a person and a leader. 
Um, also, Christy Kelly was another person in our office that I learned a lot from just as a person, like honestly, just even outside of media, just I really like just how they handle situations. I'm always like watching and learning and appreciating um, the way that they um you know, the way that they do things. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, we focus on media and all this stuff and, and, um, maybe we let, you know, maybe character or discipline or things fall by the wayside. We just get stuck on the cool video, but like, I think it's just as important how, how you, you know, do your business, how you do your work as it is the work you do. And I really think I just had a great team that had that foundation just as human beings, um, and so it made it great to work alongside with them doing creative stuff. So I, for me, I mean, it might be like an interesting answer, but that's that's the thing that was great about working um, in in the church. Just have just working with a great environment of people. Um, it was it was yeah, it was really um, benefiting for my personal growth. Yeah, no, that, and that, again, that goes back to kind of what we were saying just a few minutes ago about the balance between. Uh, you know, personally as a freelancer or, or, or uh, you know, running your own business, you, you got to find that balance between the passion and, and the financial side of it. Um, and when you, when you're working a church environment, that is really um, the, the, the mission, because the mission is obviously of a church is obviously so much more important than anything financially. Um, and uh, though they have to have money to operate, that's not what it's all about. You know, it's not just all about the, you know, finances and making sure we we're making a profit. It's making sure that we're reaching people and we're changing lives. Uh, and I think that's just something valuable that can be a takeaway uh, for those who, you know, and those who, who serve in ministry and work at church, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but even those who don't, um, you know, that's, it just gives you great perspective and insight uh, to understanding, you know, Hey, life is not, again, life is not all about just making a profit. Uh, it is about, uh, it's not just about earning an income. Uh, there's, there's so much more uh, meaning uh, to life there. So uh, yeah, anyways, I, sorry if it was a little bit of a hard question there, but you, I thought you did a great job uh, answering it there. So uh, what is, um, what, what's kind of the most recent project? Not, it doesn't have to be recent, but maybe in the past six to 12 months, what's a, what's a couple projects that you've worked on that have really, you know, stuck out to you that, Hey, these are, these have been my favorites. Um. Yeah. Uh, so I think I've, I've gotten the opportunity because I work with people at Lancaster and have connections with people outside of Lancaster because of Lancaster. They connected me with a company called Tithely and I've gotten to do some commercial work for them. And it was, it's been pretty exciting because I feel like they are, they're a group of younger type of staff and more their, their approach to church is very, um, practical. Um, like I just heard Dean Sweetman speaking on like statistics in the church and how do you make choices, uh, within your church based off these things that you're seeing. And it was just, re- it just was really good the way he was talking about it, like super practical, the same way you might look at your stats, uh, within maybe your, I don't know if whatever you use, maybe Shopify or something like that. And you're seeing, Oh, these people, you know, bought so much of this and this is going really well. I'll do more of that. Or you're looking at all the negative things. And I see people visit the site, you know, more on this page. What can I put on this page that would maybe link them to another thing? Like you're trying to like be very practical. And like, I feel like Dean, Dean Sweetman's great at, at that kind of a mindset and tide leads that kind of a mindset. So when I worked with them on a project and a commercial, I feel like I was able to be like my most creative as I could possibly be. Um, and it was really cool to work with them because of that. Like I, and they also, they also had a good deadline for me to meet and they also, you know, they, 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 they pay well, they're, they're, uh, their, their company, you know, is supported well financially. So it's like, it's a good situation for a creative person to, 
like kind of develop a video. And I feel like, and they respect your creativity as well. They're like, hey, we hired you because we trust you. We, we believe mm-hmm. in you and your ability. Mm-hmm. And when you have like a, a client like that, you're like, man, just, just for anybody out there hiring creatives, if you can create like that kind of a space, you're doing yourself a favor because you're going to get some of the best content you've ever had. And, yeah. you know, you say, well, what if I, you know, I want more control and trust. Uh, sorry, I want more control of the thing. And I want to be able to, you know, say this or that. I would say you'd be better off hiring someone whose portfolio you trust and then just giving them freedom. You're going to get a much better product when you, when you do it that way, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's one of my favorite projects just because of the whole lineup and the setup. It just was a good, it was just a fun thing to work with. Um, I feel like I had enough time to work on it, but I felt like it was really exciting to develop just a, like I storyboarded every, every frame, uh, every, every shot. Um, and like, you know, the song I picked like the best one I could possibly pick. Like I'm like, and I got to, I got to develop everything. Like not very often do you get a project that's, that's, that has a deadline that's, that's big enough and a budget that's big enough where you get to develop this thing. Like, man, this is exciting. Like, okay, we're going to make this thing awesome. Um, and it's just really cool to be, be involved in that kind of project. So working for the, making a couple of their, uh, promotional, um, commercial videos for their products was probably one of the best, um, you know, most exciting, um, things that I've done in the past couple months. Um, really enjoyed that stretch. Yeah. No, that, that's cool. I want to, I want to dive into something you actually said earlier, um, just, just now about basically, and this is, you know, it could be considered a leadership principle in general, but especially in this creative world, uh, empowering your creatives to do what they do best. Um, mm. So I remember back uh, when I was in the process, it's been a couple of years ago of I was, you know, the business was growing. I was in the need, I was in need, like I said, it was to the point where I couldn't keep up with all the, you know, design stuff on my own. I needed to bring in somebody else to help. And I'll be honest, my original mindset, because it's the first time I've ever, you know, really had to worry about, you know, considering hiring or, or bringing in, you know, someone on the team. My, my first initial thoughts were, yeah, you know, I want somebody who, you know, I was thinking I was being cheap. So I was like, I want somebody who's going to work for cheap, you know, somebody who basically is just going to do what they're told. Um, and, you know, someone who basically, really, honestly, I was looking for someone who was just uh, as good or maybe even a little bit less as far as skill level than I was. Um, mm. And uh, and because I just thought I, was, I just need someone who's going to do what they're told and not ask questions and whatever. And not because I particularly was trying to be controlling. Uh, it turns out that's what it was. Um, but uh, I met uh, in that process of, of, of interviewing people and meeting people. That's when I met. We talked about him earlier, Matt LaCron. And mm. Matt is, as you know, a very independent thinker. Um, he's a uh, very creative and here's the thing about, about, about us creatives, uh, and, and maybe it's a little bit of just about being a human being in general, but especially as creatives, uh, we, uh, we, we think that everything we do is amazing and nobody else needs to tell us otherwise. We can tend to have that mm. mindset, you know? Um, and not to say Matt's completely that way because he's definitely open to feedback and everything, but he definitely had his let's put, own Let's put way. Matt on roast right now. Let's put I Matt know, on right? roast. He no, can't no. even defend himself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but in all seriousness, Matt was a... Um, uh, he had his own way of doing things, but it was effective as far as his design style, his process. And I remember one time him and I got into, you know, somewhat of a heated discussion 
uh, about, you know, how we were going to handle the process uh, or whatnot. And, you know, it turns out I just said, hey, you know what? Um, this is your thing. This is why I hired you. And I had to just step back. And, and actually there was a, a, a third guy, our, our video guy, he's actually the one who called me out on it. He said, Hey, uh, what'd you hire him to do? And I said, oh, design. He said, then let him do his job. And, Ooh. um, you know, I know. And I was like, I pay both of you guys and you're doing this to me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it was, it was one of the best moments for me to realize, Hey, especially because it's a leadership principle in general, but especially in this creative world, um, first of all, now I'm only looking to work with people, um, who are better than me in that particular, mm-hmm. you know, area uh, of expertise. Uh, and, and then secondly, uh, when we do, Hey, we're just saying from a creative perspective, uh, you, uh, you have to just do what you do best. And, and by and large, mm-hmm. I, I've got to trust you. And, you know, yes, there's, there's a place for process. There's a place for systems, um, you know, just to, for sake of efficiency and communication and whatnot. Um, and, and, you know, so, the, and that's where I feel like sometimes, like I said, we creatives tend to be like, well, we just want to be creative in everything. And it's hard for us to maybe sometimes respect a process. Uh, and so mm. there is some, there is some need for that from a business perspective, but as far as, you know, the actual content they're putting out and the creativity, that's really important is to let them, let them do. And, and, you know, you kind of said this earlier, you, you, people that want control, well, you, you can have control, um, or you can have excellence. Um, but very rarely can you really have both. If you want to control mm. everything and you say, Hey, I just want to make everything go my way. Um, that is something that you, you, you know, you have to, you have to be willing to say, Hey, this, again, uh, this person, I brought them in to do this. Uh, because, uh, I clearly, there was some limitation with me to where I couldn't do it. And so you have to trust them and empower them to do it. So that's awesome to hear that you've had that experience working with uh, some other clients. Now we've been talking about video and I know video and, and like I said, the special effects, uh, that is kind of your specialty, but some other things that I know, uh, you, uh, are, are good at, or one thing in particular, uh, has to do with, um, at least from what I've observed is kind of audio and sound design. Um, you've produced, I think a few, um, singles, um, and maybe albums for, for other people, um, and, and whatnot. And so, um, and the, what I've noticed is the stuff, the videos that I've watched of you that you put out, the sound quality is good. Cause I'm just going to be straight up talking about a limitation I have audio is just the hardest thing for me to get right. Um, especially when it comes to shooting, uh, short film productions and things like that. So I want to talk about that a little bit. So audio, um, I really don't know where to start, but, uh, here, here, most broad question you can get. How do you make it so good? Um, well, it wasn't always that way. Let me put it that way. Um, I had a client, back in the early days of recording where the audio I had a zoom and matter of fact I'm using that one right now let me check to see if it's still recording okay we're good that's another okay it's got one battery I think we're good oh boy um <laughs> uh, that's one thing you always gotta do uh, that's okay that's number one is don't do what I just did have the batteries like I have the batteries like all the way full when you hit record okay so that's number one Okay. And I'm not even doing that. But number two is, um, check your inputs, my soul. I can't tell you like the, the, if you want to like just win audio make sure your inputs are all set, right? I can't tell you how many times. And that was the first mistake is my input was set to the 
room microphone for the Zoom, not the input, which the XLR was connected to, which was the lapel mic. So I had an entire interview of this guy who was like, it was like the best, you know, the best interview we ever did. And it wasn't on the right microphone. It was like, the Zoom was like on the floor. And so you have this big old echoey sound of everything. It was just the worst. And I tried to clean it up the best I could, but it just, I didn't have it set the right, the right setting. I, maybe I bumped it too. I thought I had put it on the right setting, but whatever the case, it was on the wrong input. So I don't know. I've had bad, bad history with that. Then I just, you know, started just recording. I had the mic on, I had it plugged in. You know, it's just, you start testing and working with stuff and working, you know, at the church and different projects. And you, you just start like, I've done it enough where I wasn't intentional. Like you just kind of do it. Like, I think that's what most people do. They're not intentional with audio. There's so much about the visual, especially me, VFX. You don't think about the audio. It's just like, oh, let me just plug the mic in and you just kind of put it on. Like you just put the lapel mic on. You don't really think about maybe where it's at or which one you bought, or, um, you just, you know, you have, you know, you didn't check the levels or the input level. Maybe it's peaking or something. Maybe my mic's peaking right now. But uh, I checked it ahead of time. But um, it's like just all these little things that are just kind of obvious, but you don't really think about it because you're more focused on another thing. Um, I think I started getting better at audio when I just started thinking about it, just just being very intentional about it. And maybe other people, I, I see other people that um, work for projects and videos, and, I, and I'll see the way that maybe they set up a scene or a room or something like that. Like Larry Chappell, he's really like, very intentional about every single little detail in the entire room. And like, I learned a lot just from him working on staff there. Like he's so intentional about every part of the project down to like, you know, the background thing or whether or not the cord or the, 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 the wall plug is showing, you know, let's put a plant in front of that or something like every little thing. It's not like, I feel like people get good at one thing and they're like, I'm a great this, but like your audio stinks. So the audio is connected to your video. So you're not really if like you're missing, yeah. you're missing who you actually sh- need to be. You think you're this one thing. Right. Um, so, so it's like, I just think being very intentional with every aspect of it. I started, um, I started learning mixing and I think that's what really changed audio for me. And I don't think I'm like the best person ever. I have people that I, you know, I look up to and it's not even my main profession, but like Tim Jaquette, he, he's a guy down that we hire out in Los Angeles. He's mixed for pentatonics a couple times and recorded for them, but he records for, you know, a lot of people down in LA and as well, he records our music at West coast. And I got to connect with him and talk to him and email him. And he, he really kind of, he's taken multiple hours of his days out to talk to me whenever he's there. And I've learned a lot from him. Um, so just getting connected with people who know what they're doing, whether that's on YouTube or in person, um, and just like listening to them at the end of the day, the mixing, I feel like is really where it's at. It's like, if you think about a flat profile video, like you have a black magic and you're shooting flat profile, when you bring in the computer, you're going to put a grade on it. I feel like a lot of audio, if you're just recording it clean, you get it right. You can throw it in and it sounds all good flat, but like mixing that, I think there's something to like the mixing sure you have like a compressor on the vocals, making sure the EQ is clear, making sure, you know, you have it in, you know, in the right, you know, stereo space. If there's, you know, making sure like, for example, one thing that I do is when I have a voiceover and an audio track, I will find a place where I want the voice to be inside the EQ. Let's just say it's from 3000 to 5000. I want the voice to pop in that range more so than anything. I'll go into my music and I'll bring the music down in that same decibel uh, and the decibels within you know, the 3K to the 5K. I'll even put a punch down in there. I'll add a hole to it and I'll take my voice and I'll bring that up by three to three, you know, three or so decibels. And if to the necessarily not the trained ear, you wouldn't really notice it. But if you're subconsciously just any view, listener in the, in the church room, like if they're in the audience and they're listening to this um, 
audio, they're not going to think about, oh, he punched a hole in the EQ chart. But th- what they're going to think is, oh, this sounds clearer. I can hear it. They're not even going to think about it. They're just going to be like, they're going to get the message that you're trying to get across a whole lot better with if, it, if it's not like this audio is like bleeding over top the music, right? Having the right levels, but also just different, different things. I don't know, different techniques I've learned. Sorry, Luke. My video sometimes keeps cutting off um, because one of my cords got broken and I have to use a different one. So it's all good. Probably you, should, you just, yeah, but I just restarted it. Every time it stops, I had to restart it. But anyways, um, I think I've just been more intentional about, you know, my levels, making sure it's always hitting negative zero. I think some people don't even think about that. Like mm. you're supposed to be, you know, getting your, your, your audio up there, negative three, negative zero, putting a limiter on it, making sure it's not going over just little kind of basic stuff. Honestly, just taking like a basic, you know, course on, you know, audio mixing, I think, you know, is, you know, would be a, a good take to go. It's just, I just decided to put the time and effort into it. And just because of situations where I didn't do a good job for a client and they're like, what is this audio? I'm like, I didn't even notice. And it's like, now I start listening. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I just wasn't being intentional, honestly. And I just knowing that you're just, if you're a videographer, your only thing isn't just video. It should be audio too. You should be just as good at audio as you are at video. Mm-hmm. Super important. So that's man that's a lot of good stuff that's rich i mean i I, and i mean that like that just this uh, like you said you know it's very uh easy from a visual perspective uh to get caught up in the details um you know as far as you mentioned like hey move that plant and you know that light needs to be adjusted and all that's important visually um and, uh, but you, you are so right. And you, you, you didn't know it, but you were just calling me out. Like a lot of times the audio is completely secondary. Um, and that's something for me, you know, that doing, doing podcasting now and whatever, when you're putting out content on a podcast, well, it's exclusively, uh, or at least on the audio platforms, you know, Apple podcast, Spotify, it's exclusively audio. Um, and so, mm. you know, for me, that's been a little bit more of what's drawn my attention to, Hey, we got to make sure the audio sounds good. And, you know, thankfully, uh, when it comes to the podcast, I'm set up with, you know, a microphone like this, where I can, you know, talk directly into it and usually get good audio. But, um, you know, when it comes to being like on a, on a film set or something, man, I have, uh, there's just been times and, and where I'll go back and listen to my audio and it just makes me cringe. Cause I'm like, Oh, it, it, it we missed it. You know, we missed that detail. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm, now I'm nervous because my, my, I, I'm filming myself. I never film myself. I'm always filming other people. So I have all the meters and charts like at my disposal and like now I'm like talking to you. It's like I'm in the back of my head, I'm like as a, as a videographer, I'm like, is the audio mic dead? Is it clipping? I can't really see. <laughs> I've been getting excited and loud at certain points, and you know, is it? And so it's just like when if you're worried about that stuff, then you're going to be able to make make stops to make sure it doesn't happen. But when you're filming yourself, it's kind of hard to like make sure everything's all set. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Well, I'll tell you this: most people uh, that we get on, um, you know, that we have as far as guests that come on they are uh, the best we have to work with is the actual zoom camera and audio. And so the fact that uh, you're just recording uh, your audio and video externally, uh, you're, you're going to be a great improvement compared to the average guest that we have on. So, um, and I found that that, that's funny. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. I just want to, I wanted to say something you mentioned and I didn't want it to go away because I thought it was super valuable. If someone's listening, something that I found super valuable working just in, in the church field. And you mentioned that this, um, you're saying about like how, how we can, I can't think we're both kind of talking on the topic, but how we can get kind of stuck on our one thing that we're like, Oh, this looks so cool. Or look at the lens flare. Look at the, 
Look at the whatever. I think the lens flare is a, a classic lens flare. Oh, the lens flare. Where I was like, everything has yeah. that lens flare. I had that phase for sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's my point. Everything has a lens flare. So my point is that that's the, for a creative, this is huge. And this is something I've learned. I've learned this, honestly, Jeremy Lofgren taught me this the most. So valuable because it's always coming up. It'll always come up. It's the spirit within a creative that you get so caught up in your creativity that you miss the bigger picture. Yep. You're so excited about the lens flare, but you don't understand that your client wants to see their face, not this blur of light yeah. at the at the moment. Like it keeps coming. What's that? What's that blur of light always in front of my face? I want to see myself. I don't know. Maybe you're filming a diva um, lady who's singing some music video. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just giving a stupid example. But like my point is, you need to. You, you shouldn't be more. As a creative, you're supposed to bring creativity to the to the table. But if your creativity is getting in the way of the message and your client's vision, then you're literally missing the point and you're a terrible creative. Mm. Because being creative isn't about being creative. Being creative is about communication. Mm. And I, it took me forever to get, get that yeah. mindset. But working at Lancaster really helped me understand that. Like, And I'll even say this. I dare to say this, which sounds terrible. It's like, the, the, how dare you say this as a creative? But I honestly believe this is true. It's better that it looks less quality like it looks worse but the communication is heavier mm. like for example a book cover that has a not so great design it's not like disgusting but it's just kind of a basic book design but it has a good name and a good sub name that's more important than this really cool graphic design i feel like people will be like uh, maybe someone who was hired to do a book design they're not even c- going to consider you know talking with the author about the name maybe he hasn't decided it yet even sitting down and working through who's your audience how old are they what what kind of books do they already read you know what you know what's your, like what's the statistics behind your audience and understanding how is my creativity going to intertwine and intersect with them seeing this book cover mm. and i think that's like really in a really important part of creativity and video that we don't even think like it doesn't matter if my audio is super clean and pristine and all the compressors are set just right and the eq is on point doesn't matter if you know what what you're and it's clipping like it doesn't uh, or it's not clipping but it doesn't let's just say i was saying like great stuff and you're saying all this good content but the mic is clipping the eq is not on that's better mm-hmm. that's that would be better because it's about the content. It's about what you're communicating. It's about the core of the communication. For example, you see all these viral videos on the internet. They're filmed with just iPhones, terrible, shaky camera, but they have millions of views because it's not yeah. about, oh, we're watching this because it has such a good camera and such a good handheld motion or something. We're watching it because the content within the video is mm. beneficial to us, whether we're laughing or we're learning or something. And I feel like as creatives, we have to step outside our creativity for a moment to even understand what in the world are we capturing? What are we trying to say? And that's to me like a pandemic that I see within the creative community. You're missing the point of the communication. You're just missing it. And yeah. Okay. So there, okay. So there's too much good stuff there for us to just blow past that. We're going to, we're going to jump back into a few things that you just brought up. Thanks again for joining us here on Church Media HQ. And before we sign off, I want to remind you that you can get free graphics, videos, and more at churchmediahq.com. These are videos and graphics that we have made for your church that you can access completely free of charge. Just head over to churchmediahq.com. 
to take advantage of the free content we have there. You can also talk to us on a coaching call. We offer coaching services also completely free of charge. Again, all you got to do is head over to churchmediahq.com to take advantage of these free resources. Well, we're going to continue our conversation in the next episode. And until then, remember, you need to try something new because it is so much better to fail at trying the incredible than to succeed at doing the average. See you next time on Church Media HQ.